welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I'm your host, Lori LeBay, and I'm so excited that you're joining us today. We are going to have a fascinating conversation, as usual, as we learn from people all around the world at all ages and stages of life. Stay tuned as we shift our dementia care from crisis to comfort. I'm Lori LeBay, your host of Alzheimer's Speaks, and I'm thrilled you're joining us today. My mom lived with dementia for 30 years, so I definitely get it. And our goal here at Alzheimer's Speaks Radio is to raise everyone's voice around the world. It's amazing what people are doing and all the services, products, and tools that are available, and we want to help you find them. Now, if you liked our opening music, too, that's called Clarion Call by the Mark Arneson Band, and they would appreciate your support. Just feel free to go to any of your favorite music platforms and download that. It is summer and the memory camp is back in Wisconsin at Moon Beach. It is going to be August 15th through the 18th. And you can call to register your loved one and your family to go at 715-479-8255. In addition, if you are kind of scheming some new ideas that will improve the world of dementia, um, check out Maud's Ventures. They are giving seed money, $50,000 to $100,000. Just go to maudsventures.org. They have three different challenges out there, and they would love to hear from you. And if you're looking for resources, please check out dementiamap.com. We have over 150 categories, a wonderful calendar of events. There's a glossary of terms, wonderful articles on our blog, and so much more. Go to DementiaMap.com. It is free, and you are not going to be asked for any personal information. You don't need to set up an account. None of that. We've been listening to you, and we know that you're tired of getting spammed and hacked and, and manipulated by people who are grabbing your information. And if you have a service product tool or information or support group that you would like listed on there, you can easily do that. We have a free profile as well as enhanced. Uh, Just go up to join Dementia Map or feel free to reach out to me for more information on that. And then if you're looking for a support group, I do facilitate two. One is Arthur's Memory Cafe. We do that on the second and the fourth Wednesday of each month from about 1 to 2.30 Central Time, though that is open to anyone around the world because we're doing that virtually now. Again, reach out to me. I'll get you information uh, for the link on that. And then if you're in Minnesota in the Shoreview North Oaks area, I've partnered with Brookdale North Oaks and the Shoreview Community Center, and I facilitate their Caregiver Connect program which meets the last Wednesday of each month at 10 a.m. Central. And it also provides respite if you have a loved one who is, you know, kind of um, early to moderate uh, stages there. And again, you can reach out to me to register for that. We're going to hear from the Adaptive Equipment and Caregiving Corner. They're going to talk a little bit about the foot bar walker. And then we're going to be right back with our guest who supports families with compassionate, caring services. 
I love the footbar walker and let me tell you why. It is the option for my toolbox that I've been waiting for. Let's be honest, there are some clients who, despite our best rehab efforts, just aren't able to return to performing a sit-to-stand transfer on their own. Now I can offer my caregivers an easier, safer option that doesn't involve hoisting their loved one up from a sitting position. I don't recommend this walker for all of my clients, but I do recommend this walker for those caregivers looking for an easier, safer option with transfers. I would also encourage other therapists to add this walker to their toolbox. It's kind of like having my own mobile parallel bars for the client to pull up on. Whether it's a family caregiver at home helping a loved one with Parkinson's or dementia, CNAs in a long-term care facility assisting their patients, or therapists adapting to client and caregiver-specific needs, we now have a very safe and effective option to offer in the Footbar Walker. Check this product out at thefootbarwalker.com. That's it for today from Adaptive Equipment and Caregiving Corner. Have a great day, and don't forget, if you can't do it, adapt it. Well, I am thrilled to introduce you to Chris Sayed today. He has created Affinity Senior Care, and uh, that was back in, what, 2012. And his goal is to further serve members of that 55 and over community, which we know is an incredible need out there. Chris was able to uh, craft a unique home health care plan tailored to whatever specific needs his clients uh, had. And, you know, that's a big difference because a lot of times you have to kind of fit into little buckets out there when it comes to uh, home health and, and home health care as a whole. So at Affinity Senior Care, they ensure that their employees are held to really high standards, which we all like to hear. Uh, so we know that they're trained well and also that they love their work, ensuring that each patient is really treated with the utmost care and respect. And I know nowadays, Chris, that is an issue with staffing in terms of finding that quality staff out there. So thanks for being with us today. I'm excited to have you on the show. Thank you. It's, it's an honor to work with you and just kind of share my story. And I appreciate you, Lori, everything you've done over the years and, and, and serve the community, especially the, the, specifically the dementia community. Well, thank you. Thank you. I think we're all, you know, better together in this whole thing. Why don't we start out with, I always ask every, every uh, guest of mine, if they've been personally touched by a form of dementia within their own family or circle of friends. Yes. Um, my, my grandmother uh, had Alzheimer's and dementia and it wasn't, you didn't have to diagnose it. You kind of just knew, you know, and sometimes when it gets down to activities of daily living, and things that would, would have to do with, uh, you know, the daily dressing and, and memory and, and names, it slowly progresses to the point where, you know, even if a doctor would tell you if they have memory loss, where you kind of knew that that was not normal. <laughs> it wasn't was normal behavior in to not remember your grandchildren or, or their names and everything. And so, but uh, really, it goes back to nine years old. When I really started to see elderly diseases and conditions, that was when I actually was going to work with my father at nursing homes and assisted living facilities. And so my dad was a podiatrist, and he would, would inspire me at a young age to go to work. 
and you go to work with him and see what he did. And so he was specifically in the healthcare field and didn't just take care of clients in their, in his practice. And he went to their homes. So he went to their primary homes and also assisted livings and nursing homes and foster homes. And so I saw that at a young age and a lot of the clients had dementia, Alzheimer's, um, Parkinson's, MS, cancer, uh, you name it. Uh, if they're in assisted living, home wasn't a safe environment for them. So they had to live somewhere else to be able to have a professional care. So I saw that at a young age. And when you're young, you don't really process that. But just to answer your, your question really is that it started really when I was nine, when I was starting to really see this stuff and, and like, and like add it all up and never thought when you're a kid, <laughs> you would be doing this for the rest of your life, helping that, that population. I think that's really interesting, though, because I think if uh, I was told by a, an elder friend of mine and she said, go back in your life in, in five year increments of who was the most important person or what was the most important thing that happened during those five years. And if you go back and you write it down, the dots really do connect. I mean, it's kind of profound um, to, to do that and go, oh, this is this is where this came from. This is where I got this. And and uh, so that's something you might want to try. It might, uh, I, I just found it really enlightening and actually kind of fun to kind of think back on your life because we kind of live and we just zoom by, but um, things I think do happen for a reason. Chris, what, you know, we, we learned about your, your childhood and kind of stepping into that. And I think you got a whole different look going into people's homes too, versus just people coming into a clinic type setting. I think that's an eye opener in and of itself. What's your background um, to open up a business like this? Yeah, um, I, I've had family members growing up who started their own business, and I've seen that uh, all different avenues from, you know, my grandfather seeing he came into America when he was 19 uh, and then uh, became an entrepreneur, opened up his own business, and all watching what he did to raise my father and his family and my same for my other grandfather, my other side, watching him, you know, at a young age come to America and being a own business owner, su surviving this, you know, uh, uh, surviving to raise a family and then cousins and aunts seeing them start up their own businesses as well too. And uh, you know, education was definitely instilled at a young age, watching our ancestors come and struggle and work and take care of their family, realizing that education is really important to be able to install in the next generation. And uh, so I always kind of had it, I felt like in my blood, you know, I, I thought part of the, the business entrepreneurial mindset, I felt like uh, started at a young age and it was really because my parents, that my parents installed that in my head and that how important it was to be independent, to take care of yourself, but it was not going to happen unless you do it yourself. Mm -hmm. So having a job every single summer was like, was really important for my father as I was going to school to give me a, a complete reminder of saying, listen, you're going to learn every single month, every single summer, you're going to have a job. But also at the same time, he said, you're going to want to go to school, especially working these, these jobs that like, for example, not that I, I say anything's wrong with it, but wait, waiting, busing, construction, you know, uh, working for a power washing company, the list goes on, uh, working at the United Artists theater, you know, movie theater and all these jobs I would come back and I would just, you know, obviously my dad always respond back to me always, but this is why you go to school. 
This is, you know, and school was great for me to be able to learn about life and people and, and how to overcome challenges and learning those skills in school and communication as well and building relationships. And uh, so I pursued actually what I always knew what was important to me was the healthcare field. And so going, I went to Oakland University and, and that's where I pursued my, my bachelor's degree to go into actually the same field as my father, podiatry. Podiatry was something I've seen at nine years old. Saw my father, they love what he did. And so I pursued the healthcare field. Um, and then I made the biggest switch and the only career switch I ever made in my life, which is to go into home care. I switched um, at, at the end of my second year of medical school. Um, it wasn't for me. It was really hard and difficult. My heart wasn't there. They always say your passion, if your passion isn't where you are, then, you know, it's going to be difficult for me. And so that was the first thing I ever did. But the last time I always tell myself that was the last time I would ever do that, you know, mm -hmm. make a career switch and, and actually quit something that I wasn't passionate about. And I did. And so I stopped that and worked for my family's home health care company, not Affinity Senior Care. That was later on in life. Once I learned about home health care and I jumped in, I fell in love. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I fell in love with it. It was a, it was almost like being in the business world at the same time, healthcare field at the same time. Mm -hmm. Working with a team, everyone getting better together from uh, and, and you know nurses and therapists going into the homes, working with the physicians, creating a care plan, making sure they have good outcomes. And so doing that on the field, working with my family, I learned about caregiving services, which was just a whole nother avenue. Clients, you know, of our clients who had dementia, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, MS. And I saw the struggles and the problems that they had. And I, I seen that a lot of our clients weren't 100% served by other companies that we were working with. So I took it upon myself uh, um, to start Affinity Senior Care, which is our caregiving department, which was 10 years ago uh, till, till this year was our 10th anniversary. And so um, that was, again, just one of those entrepreneurial things that in my mind is that I wanted to take our company to another level, be different than the community, but also offer a quality service. Okay. Well, that's that's great background. You know, there's uh, there's a lot of confusion in the industry. There's, you know, home care, there's home health care, and then there's private duty nurses. Can you explain those three sectors? Because a, a lot of our audience, I mean, it just makes their head bubble and, and they, they don't understand it. <laughs> Yes. So it's a common question. Most family members, then the most common question that people ask is, is that home health care, the differentiator between in-home care caregiver services is when there's a doctor involved. A doctor does not have to be involved if you want caregiver services. Mm -hmm. You can all call, you can also call it private duty or in-home care. That's the confusion. They both sound the same, but you don't need a doctor's script when you need a when you need caregiver services, mm -hmm. but if you want home health care, the doctor does write a script, and that's when the nurses and the rehabilitation, like PTs, OTs, speech therapists, and you also get a home health aide that's covered by insurance to help out with shower visits, and so that's covered by insurance, and the doctor is the quarterback on the case to make sure to see if you qualify for it. Now, you can be in different environments. You could be at home. Your doctor can write a script to a home care company. You could be at a hospital leaving, at a facility or assisted living, rehab facility leaving, or you could be living at, at an assisted living or a facility already currently, and you want the care to come to you. So that's usually so. 
the doctor writes the script for that, and then home health care comes in, and that's covered by your insurance. Now, when it comes down to in-home care, the big differentiator is you don't need a doctor to be involved. Usually, you have a home care come out, and they do an assessment. Now, remember, this changes per state. Every state has different rules because there's licensure involved and there's regulations. In the state of Michigan, you don't have to require, you know, to be licensed or have a nurse come out. You can have an owner like me or an office manager or CNA, whoever it is, still come out and do an assessment. So just a disclaimer that different states, there are different rules and regulations when it comes down to um, private duty, but across the board in the U.S., home health care is pretty much the same. You have to be licensed in the state of Michigan, so that's one differentiator. Is that you know uh, most home health cares are licensed and they're uh, have to be accredited by Medicare. Medicare has to accreditate them, and also the state has to or has to make sure they audit their charts and making sure that they're doing everything right and they're charting right and the outcomes and the goals and the billing is correct as well too versus caregiving services it's a little different where they are managed by hourly care so you can create a schedule and if you can you can manage your budget and it's and you pay out of pocket and and what and if you want to customize your care for four hours a day six hours a day 12 hours a day or around the clock care you can customize that depending on your budget now when it comes down to insurances the differentiator with home health care versus caregiving caregiving offers long-term care insurance. Medicaid can help cover. Um, there are uh, VA benefits as well too. And then uh, workman's comp and disability, sometimes you could see it could kick in sometimes as well too to be able to help with care as well. And then last but not least is auto. So if you're involved in an auto accident, that always helps out with all type of care involved in auto will can actually cover both home, home care services. Okay, so I, I want to just make sure that I have this clear in my head. So with home health care, that's when the doctor does it. It's covered by insurance and they are licensed and they get audited by Medicare. Mm -hmm. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. And then home health and private duty is, is out of pocket or cash um, unless you have a long-term insurance policy or are a vet or maybe been in a car accident or had an issue with workers comp, they, they will cover that as well. Or is, or did I get that mixed up? Nope. That's right. Yeah. You could okay. be in like injured and uh, uh, working and you, you might need care at home. And okay. that's when a home care company comes in. I didn't know if any of those, like the long-term um, insurance and the VA, if that overlapped with home health care as well. Uh, Long-term care insurance policies, depending on what your policy is, all of them are different. So they mm -hmm. do some spill out in all categories. It could be home health care, caregiving, and also care and assisted living. And okay. so they typically give like a, a lot of an amount of, of reimbursement per day. So okay. if you're staying at a facility per day, they'll say, we'll give you X amount. If you are needed caregiving services, they'll say, we'll give you X amount for a whole day. Gotcha. And it is complicated. Like you said, every state is a little bit different. They use different terms sometimes that uh, twist things. And like you said, those policies are different. So for affinity senior care, you fall under the home health with that doesn't need a doctor, correct? Yep. Affinity senior care is our non-medical home care services, caregiver services, and our home health care companies, affinity home care agency. This is our other entity, our other department that we have. Okay. Okay. So you've got two. 
So how would you say that, that your home care services are, are different from the average bear out there? You know, when, when, a, when a family is out there going, well, they all say home, you know, home care, they must all yeah. be the same. But I know you're not. <laughs> <laughs> well, the services are the same. You know, the I hope I really hope that everyone when they go in the industry, the purpose and the mission is, is the same. I hope everyone that really is in this industry is really doing not doing is doing it for that. But really what separates us is I'm sitting here in my office mm-hmm. and on the other department, my dad's in the other office. Like we're here. We're we're involved and it's a family. So it's a family oriented type of feeling. We're not gonna make it it's not a corporate type of hey, we're gonna call the office and press one, press two, press three. If you wanna talk and get things accomplished and done regarding it has to do with care, then we're going to take action on that. And that's what separates us is that we're always available and we have enough team members here that we really are here to be able to make sure that the number one thing is, is if they need care, we get the right care professional that's Mm -hmm. there. And um, that is what separates us is that we're always concentrating on that. They're getting, you know, the right person that's meeting the expectations of what the family are asking us to do. Okay, wonderful. That that is helpful. Can you give examples of of what that looks like? Like, what are some of the services? I know there's a variety of things that that, um, your company can help with. And a lot of families might not know what what does that really mean? Yes, like the we call activities of daily living, the Mm -hmm. type of care that we provide. Um, And that's uh, what really what that means is, is you and I are so fortunate. We close our eyes and we think about how we can wake up every day and make a decision and a choice to take care of ourselves and be independent. Now take away little things like that, like brushing your teeth, combing your hair, taking a shower, getting dressed, preparing a meal, taking your meds and jumping in the car and going and doing what you want. That Now, if you take away one of those or one, two or three or four of those away, Caregiving services help you with that process to make sure that you're doing it safe and you and also too is, is you keeping your dignity during that whole process. Now, what really limit limits a lot of uh, of our clients is, you know, especially nutrition, medications, and fall ma- and re- mobility that really can limit you from a lot because if you're not taking your meds, that means that they're going to have type of um, you're going to have a reaction from that. Not taking your medications, mobility. If you have a fall, if you have a fall, and, you, and especially if someone's not there, that can cause you a brain injury. Go to the hospital, and that could be um, severe. And then uh, nutrition as well too. Not eating all day is not good as well too. Not eating the right foods or anything like that. That can be, that's not healthy and that's not a good quality of life. And so that's what caregiving services is all about. Is It's called the daily care that all of us that we can do is slowly do. It doesn't matter what disease or what process you have. You, It's just one of those, these conditions of activities of daily living that is limiting and the caregiving is supposed to make sure that we can slow, slowly and compassionately and, and patiently go through that whole process of what they can, can do. Some can do it better than others and it's okay. And some, and some artists could be, there's going to be a good and bad days about accomplishing uh, those tasks. 
Okay. So um, a couple other things, uh, I think those are all straightforward. Like with transportation, it might not be that you get in the car and drive because family doesn't feel safe with them, <laughs> but you're going to drive and get them where they need to go. Would that be a correct statement? Different laws in different states and they mm -hmm. have with different laws with the auto. And so mm -hmm. it depends. Uh, other companies should have a non-on-auto insurance mm -hmm. policy, which means that if a caregiver is going to jump in the car and take your mom and dad, they make you have to make sure that covers the caregiver if they get into an accident and the client as well, too. Mm -hmm. This is a big thing. So when there's transportation involved, you have to have the right coverage for your family and also that the caregiver, if she's working for a professional company, that they cover that type of scenario. But yes, that can happen with most companies, but some don't do transportation services at all. And they, they can have the caregiver sit in the back seat, the family members drive, and then when they need help with getting in and out of the car or going into the doctor appointment, you know, then they can also do that too. I've also seen where caregivers will, will travel behind mm -hmm. and drive their own car. And then the client it's okay to drive is everything, mm -hmm. but they just want someone there because they feel maybe possibly they're getting an eye surgery and they're going to be dizzy right after. Mm -hmm. uh, actually, that's not a good example because they shouldn't be driving in, in that scenario. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, uh, um, for, you know, they, they would, uh, the husband is okay. The wife is, is have going, having a procedure he's driving, but he's not strong enough to get her in and out of the car. Mm -hmm. So the caregiver could travel behind them and go with them to the appointment as well too. So there's different scenarios, but yes, you know, uh, always ask the company that you're working for is that they have the right coverage to make sure that that could happen so that we could protect yourself in case something, you know, if there was an accident. Okay. How about like socialization and entertainment? Like I, I had a friend whose mom was living in an assisted living and she just loved, you know, she lived out east. She loved going to the plays and stuff. But she couldn't do that on her own. And so, you know, they had hired somebody to go with her. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, so she could still have that piece of her life because family wasn't close by. Is that something that somebody could hire you to do? And again, you'd have to figure out the logistics of getting to and fro of that. Yeah. The first thing I think about when I hear that is, you know, going out and doing social events and going to church and all that. The first thing I always saw, especially in our team, is presentation. They're going to go out to the community and this mm -hmm. caregiver has to look really good and present because they're going to be almost a representation of their family. They don't know that she's a caregiver. Sometimes yep. they don't know if it's a friend or a neighbor or whatsoever. So presentation is super important that when they're going to go out and being social and that is essential. If they want to go and go to a play, man, like in our office, that's, we're getting, we get really excited that mm -hmm. our client's going to go and do what they want because mm -hmm. that's what, that's what home care is about is that they shouldn't limit their life. So going and doing what they want, if the client is expressing themselves to do that. And so you know, that's really the joy of a caregiver when they, they get done with that event. I've done it so many times where I would go to an event and at the end of the day, I'm just thinking like, you know, I'm so happy. I, I had that experience with them and that they were able to leave their house for, you know, and, 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 and do that. You know, some of our clients are at home all day and mm -hmm. sometimes their family members live out of state and they don't get, they don't do much, you know, and it causes depression. So anything that has to do with any social events that, that is, is like one of the pillar, an excitement part of, of a caregiver. It should be, if you're a caregiver, mm -hmm. it should be one of your excited purposes and why you're doing what you're doing. 
Well, and I, you know, I've heard stories of people going to, to weddings and things like that, where maybe a person can't last the whole time. And this way, family member doesn't have to leave early to accommodate that. So, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of pluses for everybody involved in that. How about if somebody still wants to travel, but they need more assistance? Is that something um, like going on a vacation for a week? Maybe they want to go on a cruise or is that something your company can handle or are they better off, you know, going to find a, a, an actual travel companion? Um, it, it's, it's, uh, it's all contractual and agreement and transparency is important. Okay. Honestly, is it going to be important? So if they mm-hmm. have a caregiver that they can trust that mm-hmm. will go and, and we lay out all the expenses and all the, the stipulations regarding this trip. So mm-hmm. that way everyone, everything's clear. Mm-hmm. then I think that's great. I don't see why not. But I've also had partners where clients would go to Florida and then they would transfer to their, their Florida home and mm-hmm. then the Florida company would take over. Yep. Then yep. And then when they come back to Michigan, then we would just resume the Michigan care as well too. So it's all situational, but it really comes down to having somebody in your family that you could trust. Okay. So if you, if you really develop a relationship with the caregiver, you know, and, and they're going to go on a trip with you, I think mm-hmm. that's a really good thing that you have somebody there that your family enjoys to be around. They trust them. Your parents lo- mm-hmm. like them to be around. And that's great. Now crossing over to state to state, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's different regulations when it has to do with if you're a home care company and that you're sure. hiring an agency and what, could happen right mm-hmm. so you have to look into the stipulation of what state they're going in and then if that liability will cover that caregiver in that state as well too well, so that's point. something you talk to your insurance agent about and okay. always just make sure that you ask them that question you know what i mean is if they go is mm-hmm. it just the same thing as them being in another another state mm-hmm. okay what about if they you know because sometimes people don't have family but they might want someone to go with them to um, a medical appointment just to be eyes and ears, you know, taking notes and helping them get orchestrated. Is that something that your company, um, you know, feels confident that they can, that they can handle? Yes. Yeah. Especially dementia, especially it's important to take notes and find out exactly what the doctor is. Usually the type of scenario is one, the family's with us Mm -hmm. and there's, and, and our client, and the caregiver there, mm-hmm. okay, assisting with any type of standby hands-on assist and taking mm-hmm. any notes and any type of personal care during that period of time if they do need mm-hmm. assistance and going toileting during that visit that they're mm-hmm. at. Or the family's not involved and we're, we're reporting and making sure we take really good notes and updating the care plan and then bringing them safe into two different environments, in the doctor's office and then back home. Okay. And so, and uh, yes, to answer your question, that's that's what we can do. There are also too, a lot of resources that are out there too. There's doctors that come to the home now, mm-hmm. you know, there are, there's lots of resources that actually come to the home and mm-hmm. they can, can uh, do home visits and there's virtual visits too. You know, there's, there's a lot of information a doctor can, can get from a caregiver answering some questions that the doctor needs to know when a client has dementia, you know, and then you can have sure. a three-way call with another family member. But, uh, you know, I'm a fan. I'm a more kind of an old school traditional guy. I like in person when it mm-hmm. comes down to care. You know, I like yep. to see and talk to the doctor and touch and, and then mm-hmm. get them touch and feel what's going on. If there's any type of test that they have to do or anything, but it's all situational. 
Okay. And then like chores around the house from changing the linens to cutting the grass to getting the mail, those can all be part of the contract as well, making meals and yeah, the light housekeeping. <laughs> yeah, yes, it's a the meal preparation is like the, you know, one of the the perks. It's I would say it's a perk of having a caregiver, right? Uh, it's your your you would you want the, to provide this because you would want this for yourself. I always mm-hmm. say if your home was not clean and not tidied up and smelling and all this good, you know, all, and things were not done. Uh, who else is going to do it? Yeah. You know? And so that's what our duty is, is that if we see something that's not being done in the home that we would do for our own mm-hmm. self, which is the light housekeeping and the meal preparation, mm-hmm. you know, then that's our dirt duty as a caregiver company to serve and make sure that, you know, what we see Mm-hmm. is done and what we would do for our own self is performed. Yeah. Cause all those things are, you know, safety issues too, in terms of quality of life and things. Well, last thing I'm going to ask is um, because some people might think, well, I just need help paying bills, but I know that that can get into a whole nother realm. And there are money managers out there themselves, you know, that are licensed and bonded. Is that something you ever get involved in or, or is that one of those things you say, I'd rather refer that out. Yeah, it, it also different diseases where I'm losing my eyesight, I can't manage and do my bills. I'm having dementia and memory loss, and I can't remember to pay mm-hmm. my bills on time, and I'm starting to. So what do you do? So we try to stay away from the financials and have mm-hmm. another family member involved, and that's when we get power of attorneys that mm-hmm. are who are going to be involved with the financials. So that mm-hmm. way we can, luckily now everything's electronic, mm-hmm. and mail can be redirected somewhere else. So we try to redirect it to a person that's going to be responsible of that piece of their life, but doesn't always happen. Convincing Mm -hmm. mom and dad to take away their things that they know what they want to do Mm -hmm. can be a very difficult task too. So the caregivers, we really, to answer your question, we don't really like to be involved with any type of money management or anything Mm -hmm. or, you know, that has to do with that uh, just for the protection of our clients and the information that's coming in that's very uh confidential as well mm-hmm. and so we try to involve as many family members or anybody close as much as possible than the caregiver and it's not saying that we don't trust the caregiver but that information should be managed by somebody that's that has they have known before they met mm-hmm. us to develop a relationship as a caregiving company yeah it's a it's a whole nother level of training in terms of of, uh, you know, keeping certain documents and, and things uh, private and, and so forth. What type of feedback do you get from your, from your clients and also their families? Thankfulness, gratefulness, um, uh, uh, relief. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. The, that uh, those are the, the, the top, you know, relief mm-hmm. of uh, their life and burnout and, and, and need time for themselves. And that's what another word comes in my mind is gaining time and quality time instead of mm-hmm. doing the actual care time, you know, and mm-hmm. that could really put stress onto the relationship of your, your, you and your mom and your dad, you know, and, and, and filtering and delegating that out. So 
But um, yeah, and frustration too. I could say frustration. A lot of families can be frustrated, you know, and in the, in, the, in the environment of COVID right now and the workforce that is out there too as well, we can't set that aside as well to discuss that. You mm-hmm. know, people now can be frustrated with, you know, if caregivers are in the stigma of the whole industry in general is if they're late they're not showing up they're not performing their skills the right way and that could be frustrating too as well Mm -hmm. and members are trying to make sure they get quality care and also too is is and they rely on a third party to come into their parents home and care for their parents but don't do a good job and they are paying for a service so Mm -hmm. that can be frustrating too as well yep yeah and i i can see where that can the whole thankful and just lifting that burden it allows them to get back to their relationship instead of more things to do, you know, on their list and really enjoying their loved one. Is there anything, Chris, that we haven't covered? Um, I, I think we've, we've done a nice job in terms of explaining the differences between, you know, home care, home health care, private duty, the, the types of services, and even just distinguishing that, hey, Everything's not the same state to state, company to company, and you need to ask your questions and, and um, you know, really dig deep. And, and, uh, and I think anytime you are hiring a company, you know, you need to listen to your gut and don't be shy about asking those questions. I would imagine you, you expect questions from your clients. Yeah. You know, you can, you can, we try to give all of our answers to you, you know, I'm sorry, my cough, but go on our Facebook page, go on our podcast, go on our website and l- listen to our stuff. Uh, watch what we're presenting. Join our newsletter. <coughs> All of our answers are given to you. We have an, a, an affinity s- dementia support group on Facebook. Um, we're giving, we give as much information as possible to answer your questions and give you support because there's not uh, the only answer is when it's either you caring for your parents and learning, we learn, right? Mm-hmm. Learning is forever, everlasting. We learn how to approach depending on our parents' behaviors, you know, or we hire a company that has invested their time and energy to be able to help with managing those tasks that, and the behaviors and the care that they you need when it comes down to making sure that you have you you keep you feel comfortable with the that care professional in your parents' home that that you know that will keep them safe and provide compassionate care and uh, and also too is is be dependable and reliable as well. So it never give up. That's all I, I can ever give it family members advice. It's just never give up on your parents, you know, especially when they have a disease that is uncontrollable. It's not their fault. And patience is so important. And mm-hmm. don't be fearful of asking for help for home care companies and that, or asking for help with your church and your neighbors and your friends and your family. There's a lot of good people out there that mm-hmm. can, that can help with this process. Now, one, one question I, I just thought of as you were talking was, I know some people say, well, we want the same person to come all the time. Is that realistic in today's day and age of staffing? Or uh, it probably depends on, you know, how many hours and, you know, I mean, all of those types of things too, and how consistent they are with what they want from you. Great question. 
dependability and reliability, right? Mm-hmm. Oof. And it's gotten worse over COVID. I'll tell you that. Mm-hmm. Where people you can count on that are humans taking care of humans, you would never think that someone would not show up caring for an Alzheimer's and dementia person, right? Mm-hmm. But then take a human aspect of that. They have kids too caregivers and they have car problems and they have health issues and they have personal issues and a b c and d that causes them not to show up or can't mm-hmm. go to work so that causes the 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 uh, the, the dependability issue in mm-hmm. the industry when caregivers are going through that all the time so yes it's there and how we and, and it's it's something that you have to prepare family members that it could happen to them or it might just not happen at all mm-hmm. they might have a slam dunk and just have somebody that is uh, account, accountable for their 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 career that they're in mm-hmm. you know and some take it more serious than others mm-hmm. and that's what our job is is to 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 find out right away if those if that is occurring so that way we can get somebody that really is dedicated to the family um i i, I talk to my manager about it every single day and i mm-hmm. you know because of the amount of clients that we have are a lot so and i but i've always remind them that if, if you work with a company that you know that they're doing everything they can, if they're doing everything they can, you know that they're trying their best for mm-hmm. you, you're in a good scenario that they're providing. Because that company most likely is having resources. They're paying their employees well. They're paying, uh, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're doing things to make sure that they can cover when those that someone's not dependable, not able to show up or no, no call, no show, or if they didn't show up that on that shift or they're showing up late, they have, they're always developing resources and ways to be able to help you and with getting the right care professional. And so if they're not, you don't feel that they're working their butt off for you, Mm -hmm. then I don't blame you go Mm -hmm. to a different person. But I, that's why I always talk to my manager. If, as long as our families know that we're working our butt off for them, we're not sitting in our chairs right now yeah. <laughs> and twiddling our fingers and thinking, thinking that it's okay to leave mm-hmm. our seniors a home, home alone. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, then, you know, I then we may, may want to think about switching your, 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 your home care company. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and, and it's hard. And I think, I think the other thing that people have to remember is that none of us have perfect days. And so we can't exactly expect a company to have a perfect day every single time or perfect service. I mean, it's the ideal, but realistically we screw up too. And we hope that people are compassionate in terms of understanding that. Now, if it's a pattern, that's a whole nother thing or, you know, I mean, and depending yeah. on the seriousness of it, you know, all has to come into play. But one of the things that I found with families in dementia is they're demanding perfection when perfection wasn't in the life before it started. <laughs> and, and and so that makes it a little, a little tough, you know? Kind of yeah. I, I, I agree with you. You hit, you, you, you said something was, was um, em- empathetic. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's really good for family members to hear this is that, Yes, there's no perfect company. Mm-hmm. There isn't. And it's not fair for a company to shake your hand and say, like, I'm going to I'm going to promise you that uh, uh, a diamond. Mm-hmm. 
because mm-hmm. it's very rare to find even a diamond mm-hmm. in general you know it's and, and it's, it's hidden and it's hard to find and mm-hmm. it's it's almost impossible to find but when you find it it's actually a beautiful thing right mm-hmm. so sometimes you find that right caregiver and she's a good fit for next for a year or two or three she stays with you but to really find a perfect company is very difficult because mm-hmm. There's things do happen. So it's good to be patient with the home care company and understanding. And uh, we let you know that these things do happen. And, you know, most companies really are heartbroken as much as they are if something doesn't go right and they really try to fix it. But sometimes there is there is this percentage of mm-hmm. in this industry that they might have to call you and say, I'm sorry, we don't have, we're capped out on all our resources. Yep. And, and that's when other family members say, Hey, listen, we, we got it today. Yep. Tomorrow's a new day. Tomorrow's yeah. a new day. Well, and, and I we think are, for, oh, go ahead, Chris. I'm sorry. We, you know, as a company, we appreciate, you know, working with family members that understand us too. Yeah. Well, and I think families also need to, you know, not because I fell into this uh, with my own family. And I think a lot of families do is that when you turn over care, you're trying to protect your person. So you're looking for what's wrong. And when you're looking for what's wrong, you're going to find things that are wrong, but don't forget to look for things that are going well, because that is huge. And sometimes I've seen families you know, cancel a, a home care or home health care. And the, the patient themselves is devastated because they actually had a really good relationship with that person. And you just said, hey, they didn't show up. And, and they're like, but they've shown up for, you know, every other thing they go over and above, but that's not heard or listened to. And, and I think it's really important to know how how is the person you're serving feeling about this too? Because a lot of times family's not around to see those relationships and how things are being done, you know, between, um, between your staff and, and the person being served. And, and that needs, I, I think that that's a really important factor to be taken into consideration. Yeah, it is. The, to, to, to serve, um, and and on both ends mm-hmm. is both have to understand and put each other in each other's shoes. You know, the family members who have developed this relationship with each other and the caregiver and company that served is, is serving you mm-hmm. is that if we, you said it in the beginning is that to me is that we all get better together. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. And, and, and if you can, everybody and and works together, Mm -hmm. on top of what the home care company really are, you know, giving them the best care possible. And it is the best care. If you decide on your care to keep your parents, whether you, you move them back into your home or, or they're staying in their home for the rest of their life, this is the best care possible you can give them, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and it's, uh, and so, and then sometimes home isn't also the right place as well, too. I have to say that, you know, yep. sometimes homes aren't the right place. And that's also okay, too. And if somebody moves into a community setting, you can still serve them there, correct? Absolutely. Yep. It's good to have a good relationship with assisted livings and independent living. There's two different scenarios. Independent mm-hmm. living is you and I living in an apartment and we're mm-hmm. fine. But if we decline, then we need help. That's when a home care company comes in, mm-hmm. but assisted livings, usually typically they have 
uh, split up into a memory care unit where, where it's kind of more, more care. It's, it's, it's uh, monitored much more strictly. Mm -hmm. um, usually the rooms are locked and the doors are locked. And so an assisted living has the care there mm -hmm. and, and, and it's expected when they do move in there that they need a little assistance mm -hmm. versus them just getting in their car and being independent. Yes. And so usually family members hire, hire a home care company one-on-one. -on -one. So it's mm -hmm. in their room for that person. Care plan is designated exactly what the family members' expectations are. And so that happens a lot. It's, it's not uncommon with COVID. Uh, staffing a huge facility that's, you know, 50 to 100 beds mm -hmm. is very difficult in general in itself of a business model. You know, mm -hmm. if someone doesn't show up or to work, you know, um, you have to be in tune with your parents if they're getting the right care. And sometimes it's it comes down to a point where you just want someone there at all times to measure and scale their needs. Yeah. And that brings up another question. Can there, cause there are some families that just want to hire a live-in staff. Is that where a, a private duty nurse would come in and, and are they necessarily a nurse to be a private duty nurse underneath that? <laughs> that yeah. Title? Different. Yeah. I mean, the different States are different and, and the family's needs are different. So mm -hmm. sometimes uh, it could be an LPN. It could be an RN. They're pretty pricey when it gets to LPN and RN, uh, mm -hmm. when it, and especially what they could possibly make in their own career, careers and out there. And but uh, CNAs, home health aid, and direct care workers, you know, there's a lot of family members go to go to church and they find somebody, for example, say if someone speaks Spanish, you know, and their parents only speak Spanish, you know, that's a that's a, that's a communication barrier. And some family members get somebody in the church that mm -hmm. who is okay to live in their home, cook mm -hmm. their own food, speak their own language. And mm -hmm. so that that's, that happens all across the world. And live-in uh, is, is a great service too, as well, too. It's just a different type of rate that you'll pay. Mm -hmm. And family members usually sometimes just manage it on their own and they can do that. But um, you are the scheduler, you are the biller, you are the trainer and the educator when you mm -hmm. do do that on your own. But yeah, living is is also a beautiful type of care. Okay. You can okay. you can have. Well, sounds good. Well, people can get a hold of you by going to affinityseniorcare.com or you can always call them at 248-363-8430 and that's 24/7. There'll be someone to answer, is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Okay. Well, thank you, Chris. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. And um, I know this will be great information for our audience to have. So for those of you listening, please like, click and share. Don't keep, don't keep things a secret. Other people need to know this information too. So I'll pass it along and uh, just make the world a, a little easier place to be able to find product, service and tools that people need. Thanks everybody. Till next time. Thank you, Lori. Thank you.